Aussie music is something to be proud of. Wear it like a badge. Because it's Australian bands and artists that are the influencers of so many other musicians the world over. So at Triple M, we're proud to be able to showcase the power of the Aussie music scene. Paying both homage to the greats that have stood the test of time, right alongside the current, the emerging, the future influencers. The ones that will be next to make their mark on the global music scene. If it's Aussie and it rocks, it's right here. This is Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. Yes, right around the country on the Triple M Network, 49 stations and on the brand new listener app. This is an absolute pleasure to welcome back to our show one of our favourite singer-songwriters who's been gracing the stages since he was just 13 years old. He's done more travelling than all of us combined and it's a pleasure to have him back with new music. 14 tracks, no signs of slowing down. Why would you when you've got a back catalogue that is this good? Incredible songs. We've grown up with his music. And you are loving this on 13353 across all the socials. It is nearly album release day as we welcome Diesel to the studio. Good to see you, yeah. my friend. Welcome. Thank you. Um, what's it like going through and hearing, like, uh, you know, your collection of songs and, like, tracks that you've had released for such a long time? Does it take you back to the writing, the recording? Like, what sticks mm. out when you hear a song, like, come to me to you? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot of things. Like, when, when we did the, was it 30? Yeah, 30th anniversary. I have to th- think about that. Of Hep Fidelity. That yeah. was a nice project that we did with um, the folks at University. When it was kind of in lockdown, so we had all these Zoom meetings and they were like, hey, you know, let's do something really special. Let's do a new repackage, the artwork. Let's put it on vinyl because it never was on vinyl. Oh, right. So we did this really special thing and I, I dug deep into the tracks and um, we did some kind of, I put, I put them up into, um, luckily I had some stuff that was from the master because that was all analog tape. So, of course, But yeah. I did have some things on that were digital and I was able to put it into a session and push up the individual instruments and everything. And cool. I couldn't help but do, do some research on all these amazing people like the Memphis Horns and Bernie Worrell from Parliament Funk who played on my record and it was it was kind of really sad for me at the same time because a, a good portion of them have passed away you know because they were quite they were already quite I wouldn't say elderly but they were sure, a lot older yeah. than me when they made the record and 30 years makes an incredible difference yeah, you know in this yeah. this life that we live on this planet yeah. so that kind of was a real like wow it, it suddenly like maybe really taken and give me an idea of the time that is passing yeah my life and everything, of course, mortality and blah blah blah. But yeah, it, it really brought up a lot of a lot of stuff. I've I've been making records since yeah '88. I went into the studio for the first time. So yeah, yeah there's a lot of people that um have come that have come in and played on my records that sadly aren't here anymore. That that's one side that's one side note. Yeah, but yeah, it's I, it's, it's fantastic. That, I can't believe that, that I've been able to do 1991 and 92 that they stopped making vinyl and stuff. That yeah. seems like too early. <laughs> it really was. You know, yeah. it was it was it was this lie. This this mis- mis- misnomer of like CDs are like better quality sound. It's all you would need now. It was a big, you know, big crock. Yeah. Um, the men in lab coats. And, they, and mm. if you really want to go in deep, it was actually that that formula that, that the the code that is in a CD. Um, you know, they they rushed it through. There's actually there's a fault in it, which is they shoved they just shoved noise into the the, the file um, because they wanted to get it finished. And the guys in lab coats just said, look, but we can't. There's one bit missing, and they just said. Then someone came up with the idea of just shoving white noise 
noise into the algorithm. This is a terrible um, description, actually. No, that's all right. In layman's terms, it's a faulty file, but we got sold 16-bit, you know, 44, 16-bit, yeah. um, 44K file was the answer to everything. We don't need vinyl anymore, which is, you know, I still think CDs sound good. Like, I'm pretty excited about the release of my record on CD and vinyl. That's because cool. Because CDs, they definitely sound pretty cracking in the car, especially, you know, mm. better than an MP, any kind of MP3 or streaming thing still. Yeah, you that's know. a good point. It, they're solid, yeah. really solid. But they are not compact. No, they're not. <laughs> especially when come I, the if anyone went to America level. around that time, I don't know if you, if you saw the amount of packaging that they did on CDs oh, back then. Oh, yeah. They would yeah, make yeah. it into this thing that was like the size of a shoebox, you know, <laughs> yeah. just so it could have presence in the shelves. And mm. so we, I remember going back to the hotel and to buying 20 albums and just be this pile of cardboard and plastic and I felt so bad. Yeah, it was terrible. Course, it was wasted. evil. Yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't compact at all. Uh, and now new music at the home studio that Chris Holland, our musical director, has been to. Can you mm. guys describe the home studio for, yeah. for our listeners? <laughs> Underwhelming. Well, yeah, no, it's just, well, yeah, downstairs, beautiful house, sitting there for a while having a chat and then it's like, okay, come upstairs. Uh, and nice. Yeah, because what, you've con- you converted a warehouse yeah. space oh, cool. and yeah. upstairs just has every instrument you could name for me right now. Well, that was, that was the sweet name, Deal. My wife, when she brought me in um, to the warehouse and said, and I was I was pretty against, I, I slapped myself now because I'd, I'd listen to all our friends who said, don't ever build, don't ever, you know, renovate, don't ever do anything with tradies. They're terrible. They never finish on time. It'll go over budget, blah, 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 yeah. blah. So I was terrified. Um, and she said, we're going to get this raw warehouse and we're going to live in it for a bit. And then, you know, you can have this whole bit up here for your studio. Whoa. And that suddenly took all uh, in my mind. I was like, I don't care about the building thing. I'm like, I'm going to get this studio <laughs> space. Yeah. Sweeten, sweeten the deal. Yeah. It's, What's yeah, magic just as a as your own bedroom, even like just, yeah, it's a room to play. Definitely was my um, mental health place, during my happy COVID. place, as yeah. you people say. Um, during the, the, yeah, the lockdowns and everything, I'd just be up there indulging myself and, and all the instruments that I've collected and just stumbling upon things going, oh, I haven't used this for ages. Plug it in, see if it's still going. Oh, cool. <laughs> my Omnicord. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Things like that. Just all my little things that I've collected uh, from different parts of the world and usually they just sit in storage. Yeah. It's a travesty. You yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah. There were things that were literally just collecting, like my double bass, for instance, we had a big thick thing of dust on it. And so I literally dusted that off for the blues record. And um, yeah. it was really good. Like the, the time that, you know what it'd be like when you're touring, you, you know, you've got all these intentions of doing things and then you come home and your weeks just swallowed up and you're back out on the road again. And I'm grateful for that. But that was an absolute gift that time that we had to yeah. make, make stuff. Um, what's it like kind of, because yeah, I remember you did pretty much everything yourself, which is mm. super exciting. When you were kind of writing a song and like Chris said, you've got kind of so much to choose from instrument wise as far as direction to take a song do you know instantly when you come up with an idea like I need my double bass for that song or you go yeah. I need my telly for that song he's like you know what I need to get on the kit for this one first to go you know <laughs> well most of it is like just gut reactions but usually when the song has a few things on it then I start I get my little notebook <laughs> this is the thing that I've been doing forever and I listen to it like someone would listen to someone's song and I make notes I go try this on that try this and I'll, I'll, most of the time the, the notes do come to fruition and oh, things get cool. ticked off but yeah that's a good I, I try to stand back just for a second and just stop and not just keep doing like just listen and think that's- and feel and and because it's a flurry otherwise and yeah sometimes but that's that's a cool thing too because I actually think that most of the stuff on every track um, at some point it happened like as an accident yeah. you know and then it led you to something yeah, you know yeah, what that's yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's just a bunch of, a series of just like accidents really yeah. once you get past the initial the initial okay I've got a song I've got a melody I've got 
some lyrics. It's just allowing a bunch of accidents to happen. That's how I describe recording. <laughs> yeah. There's so much magic in that though, isn't it? Yeah. Look, you know, um, that's one thing that you probably experience a lot more of um, or you feel much more aware of it when you're doing it all yourself, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. You have to make all of those accidents happen. <laughs> when you're in a room with people, it's cool because a lot of that, that accident thing can still happen, but you kind of like, you're sort of watching what everyone else is going to sort course. of do and waiting for something to happen sometimes too. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I just, I, in my imagination now, I'm doing a Paul McCartney, I'm noodling around. Yeah. But yeah, you, you're playing the bit that you've written and then your fingers just kind of explore, okay, well, which notes are near this and go, oh, that can be the next bit. Yeah. And just, yeah, again, the word of just playing around and go, oh, didn't mean that, but that's a good bit. Yeah. That's, um, so do you think you'll ever go back to not recording by yourself? Like, you- oh, totally. Yeah. Look, I, I love tracking with a band. It's really like, it's nothing like sort of having people in a room and you're all doing something at once and something, yeah, again, something unexpected happens and, and then you follow that. Watching it kind of deconstruct, a lot of times you start something and then it just goes like caves in on itself and then yeah. goes kind of up its own Watusi and then come, mm. if it can survive that, then you usually get something really good. Yeah. Because um, it's not always just, doesn't always just give itself to you straight away. Yeah. You know, you want it to, but it's not always that. I mean, that's why the Beatles did like 160 takes or something of something, you know, yeah. it's like, how did, it, you know, at one point it got really ugly. It just sounded like dog doo-doo. Really? And it sort of would come back around again and, yeah. and be rebirthed in this thing. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a common, I think, thing when you're going to do so many takes of something. It's, yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's many, there's so many ways to get through the, the process, but I still feel that even though I'm doing everything myself and, you know, not doing the kind of thing of like what they used to call the pre-production and then yeah. you make the demo and then the demo would get yeah. passed around and then yeah. you go, okay, now let's do it properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing that all still in the process. I'm still kind of like, even though I'm, I've started and it's like, that's the song, you know, I don't have multiple sessions of it or whatever. It's just that. And um, yeah, I mean, at some at some stages though, you, you start doubting, you, you get really doubtful. I can totally I mean, yeah, you get relate to and, um, Daniel John's like just hitting the delete button when he did that because mm. it just, it was like, he realized it was like, it was no point. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like gut-wrenching to think of. Yeah. But I get it. I, I do get it. Sometimes I've done do-overs where I've just gone, yeah. no, this is, like, I've got to start again. I need yeah. to like take a different direction with this. I'm, I'm polishing a turd, as they say. <laughs> when I uh, yeah, hear a song like Forever, I hear it live. I, I mm. just, I, I can instantly imagine you playing it live. And what I love about yeah, you is like- to do it at Caloundra. Yeah. Cal- well, Caloundra. Yeah, yeah. But, and I look at your tour schedule, uh, dieselmusic.com.au, and you're doing so much regional touring as well, which mm. is what I really love. How's the response yeah. been, being able to play some new songs and oh, to get back really out? it's really good. There? Like, I think people, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a hard one, especially in a theater where you can hear a pin drop and it's like, new song, and, you know? It's like, it's very naked, but yeah. amongst everything else. Um, yeah, I think the, there's something kind of familiar about it. Um, there's people that know the words already, probably, maybe thanks to yeah, yeah, that's cool. you I guys. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's feeling it's feeling really auspicious, I have to say, for such an, for so so early on. You know? yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, looking forward to getting some of the other things out there with the band too. Yeah. Now, you've celebrated a lot of album releases. How are we going to celebrate this one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure yeah. you've done it all. I'm, I'm going to be playing. That's how I'm going to be doing it. Nice. I'm going to be playing, uh, in, I think, in Sale at night. Oh, cool. In Sale at nice. the Wedge. Cool. Which is a great looking place from what I've seen online. So yeah. Looking forward to that. But yeah. no, no better way to celebrate than oh. get out there and do a gig. Absolutely. And a gig like Sale too, like Country yeah. Town, get that local hospitality, you know what I'm saying? And then I'll go back and have a kombucha in my room. <laughs> <laughs> the album's called Bootleg Melon. before 11.30. <laughs> yeah. Nice. The, the album's called Bootleg Melancholy. Yeah. You explained, I've never heard 
heard those two words combined before like that? What does that mean and how did you come up with well, it? Well, I mean, melancholy, I, if I ever do write my book, I'd probably be like, I can't do it Please now. Please do because it. Because now if I say it, then it'll be like, well, you know, but I'd always thought about like, I'll start the book off with some babies are born colic, you know, I was born melancholic, you know, and that's that's kind of sums me up in it to a large degree as as my pers- persona. Um, and it's something that I've, I've mined and I've tapped into, into my, you know, creative psyche and, and it's allowed me to be creative. I, I couldn't be creative if I, if I wasn't melancholy. And melancholia is, is a big part of creativity in, in, to me. Yeah. Um, but at some point when I started making this record, I felt like, again, because I was really stationary and it just felt like um, I was kind of conjuring up things and and um, almost like felt kind of like I was being a bit of a hack or like fraud in the sense of like, am I doing this to myself on purpose um, just so I can write things and whatever? But I was really digging back into like places that I've lived, people that I've known, cool. just times where it was like really golden with, you know, it was just sun shining around and this warm orb of, of feeling and stuff. And yeah. I was like, why am I doing this to myself? It's like, it's only making me worse, you know, but it's like, yeah. but I kept going there. It's like, it's like a sore, you know, that you just kind of keep, you can't help but just keep like yeah. playing with. And yeah. And then I thought, what, but what is this? It's like, it's, it's not real melancholy. It's, it's like bootleg melancholy. I'm like, yeah. that's where it came from. And then I just got to put, put, push to the side. And then I thought, hang on, it was like a working title. And then I thought, no, that, that actually is the title. Yeah. <laughs> I did have another title and it's completely left my head. It might come back at some point, but it's, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll use it for the next album. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. And then the song that, that arrived really bizarrely because I was up like stupid early to get, to get a flight somewhere and doing a rat test at like four 30 in the morning. Um, at that point we were all having to do that. And, and I picked up the guitars upstairs um, in my studio area and um, in that lounge area that you saw. And I thought, well, it's t- I can't go back to bed. I got to like, I'm going to be at the airport in another whatever, how many minutes. So I just picked the guitar and I just started strumming that that, that motif um, with my thumb and um, those chords. And I thought, ooh, that sounds, that sounds really spiky. I like that. It's kind of got like a angry sort of early 90s kind of, yeah, sort of yeah. Pixies vibe or something. And then I started humming the melody and then and then it's just like, hey, boom, there it came. The, the bootleg melancholy idea suddenly or the concept of it suddenly had a home and then i thought well i'm putting this on the record now i've got a title track yeah 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 um and yeah i mean the reference to elliot smith i'm like a massive 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 elliot smith fan and yeah seeing the 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 big mural of him on the wall there in silver lake is at once um really oh elliot and at the same time oh it makes me intensely sad at the same time so that's all i'm trying to get across in that and that song there um is that sort of dichotomy of, of of sadness and sort of elation at the same time and yeah it's funny at like at a listening party someone said oh it's, it sounds a bit like Elliot Smith and I'm like that's the irony yeah. <laughs> <laughs> paying homage yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> didn't you hear the lyric <laughs> sometimes <laughs> someone says something didn't and you, you get have... the memo <laughs> man it's been so much fun hanging out we can't wait for the release of this album the anticipation is real and we love what we've heard so far man and more than anything it's so great to see you out there performing and going to all these regional places yeah. as well I mean I've discovered that every almost not I wouldn't say every regional there but it's a blessing that we have in this country um, is that this some of our tax paying money has gone into building these art performing centers they're almost yeah they're they are almost everywhere yeah. like and they're beautiful places to play so yeah when there isn't a place with sticky carpet and, yeah. and, and bad power that gives you shocks off the microphone there's <laughs> yeah. these beautiful theaters yeah 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 exactly man uh yeah thanks so much for coming in man we'll get you back in for a Anytime. co-host soon dude it's been Anytime. super fun pleasure yeah. is mine good luck with the album thanks